0: Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Magic, the podcast.
1: Hi, everybody. We're so glad to be here. You know, we're glad to be anywhere. You Ready? You ever had one of
0: those dreams, you know, where you go, like, to a baseball game, and suddenly the starting pitcher gets hurt, and they go, gee, is there somebody from the stands that can come in, and they go right on the field, and you become a superstar? <laughs> well... We have one of those wonderful stories today. We have Kent Foote. He is the leader of the band, the Vegas Goodfellas, which is a lot of fun. We're going to tell you all about that. They play over at the Rampart, among other places. But he had this very experience a little later in his career. And we're going to tell you he had a long and varied career. But Kent, that actually happened to you, right, where they, you asked them to play a song. And they said, well, if you sing it, we'll play it. And then all of a sudden they said, hey, Let's keep this going. Kind of tell us about what happened there.
1: It was one night we decided to go to Ferraro's restaurant when it was on Jones. And a gentleman by the name of Paul Stevenson was playing the piano, and we'd been in there several times. And uh, I was with another partner in a development company, and I walked up and put a tip in the tip jar and asked him if he would play Come Fly With Me. And he said, if you'll sing it, I'll play it. I don't know all the words. <laughs> so I got up and did the song with him, and uh, he asked me to stay and play another couple songs with him, and it just started from there. That's amazing. You know? And that's a tough one, too, because the, so Sinatra
0: has, such, has put such a trademark on that song. you got to really uh, sell it to, to make that work.
1: Well, Sinatra was the best. He told a story with every song.
0: Your mom kind of knew. At the age of five, she gets you in to uh, you know, starts you with piano lessons. You end up going to a conservatory. And I guess you were a natural because they, they – so I understand that they gave a test and you had to get a certain point, like 80 percent or something. And your talent level was at 98 percent. And this was really as a teenager, right? I was eight years old. Oh, my God. Really? So – Was it just something you just took to? I mean, was it something you had to work really hard at, or was
1: it one of those things that you were just born to do? I just had a love for music, and I think a lot of it was just bred into me. You know, uh, there's a few musicians that came from my family, and I think that, you know, sometimes genetically it gets passed along. Well, that's nice, and uh, you did what
0: most of us did when you got to... uh Coming of age, you got into rock and roll. What was it that kind of excited you about that? Well,
1: I played in a symphonic orchestra for a number of years while I was at the conservatory, and I just had a love for rock and roll. And keyboards had come into fashion with the B three organs and so forth. So, being trained on the keys, it seemed like an easy transition. And a friend of mine was in a rock and roll band, which. uh, You know, later I asked if I could try out and play keys, and they gave me an opportunity, and so it all started there.
0: Wow, and and this was a real group. Lest you think that uh, Kent was just playing in some local group, you were playing, as I understand, 5,000-seat arenas and that kind of thing? Uh, That's a big deal. At
1: times, yeah. Wow. And was it just friends of yours, or how did you get into that group? Well, like I say, the drummer was a—he was actually my best friend, and— I was playing drums in high school because I thought I'd get an easy grade in the band. <laughs> uh, when it started, I, uh, you know, like I said, the keyboards had come into fashion, and so I asked him, they didn't have a keyboard player, so I asked him if I could come over and try out. Uh, went over, we played Del Shannon's uh, Runaway, was the first tune we'd ever played. I'd only heard it the night before, laid down the solo, and they said, You're hired. Wow. (laughs) That's terrific. The group was called Body, Mind, and Soul, right? Yes. And
0: you guys ended up opening for some big hitters. Uh, What, you had uh,
1: the Beach Boys, the Birds, I mean, the Everly Brothers? These were big names. We, We actually went to a picnic with the Everly Brothers. They were great guys. Really? Had a bass player by the name of Joey Page. It was just so good and had so much personality.
0: And, you know, by hanging out with those guys, did that kind of determine that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life?
1: Honestly, we were so young and starstruck at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the Beach Boys, that must have been something. I mean, that was a major group of the 1960s.
0: They and, were. in 70s and 80s and
1: what have you. And I was fortunate because I met the original Beach Boys with Dennis before he had passed away, Brian. They were all there.
0: And that's all different types of music. Did, did those interactions and the stuff you were playing at that time, even today, it seems like you do so many ty- different types of music. Was that something that you kind of got used to that you
1: didn't get into one particular, like folk rock or anything? You're kind of across the board? Yeah, we went across the board with the Rolling Stones and a lot of the Beatles, and which we still do. I mean, and I'm sure it's because of my roots. but uh, uh, Along with our original material we we would mix that in you know because it's really hard to go play a night of original material because nobody knows right it. yeah that's a that's a good point there is a certain limitation to what you can do right because people
0: i mean i know even when big groups go out and they're trying to sell a new album they can only do so much of that because people want to hear what they want to hear what they're familiar with
1: it's that's very true uh I don't know if you know or not, and you probably do, but the Beatles and the Rolling Stones were basically cover bands when they first started. They were doing Chuck Berry, they were doing, you know, all of those, and they started to infiltrate, and even Mick Jagger said, if we're going to be a big deal, we have to start writing some of our own material, but I think a lot of them started with cover songs and then mixed it in, so... Did you do any writing or anything like that? Do you do any of that kind of thing? Yeah, we had uh, back in the day we'd written about six original songs that we were getting ready to put like, put on an album.
0: And those what is that process like? I'm fascinated by it cuz I just it's it's so out of my talent list. How do you do that? I mean, it just does it just come to you or or is it something you have to have a collaborative type
1: of thing? A lot of it was collaborative. Some of it uh, I did myself and then, uh Gentleman by the name of Don Clegg uh, was also a lead singer and a guitar player in the band, and we collaborated on some things. And uh, the recording deal was so much different, was so much different then than it is now, because this was with all the petitions, a microphone at every speaker, you know, it was, and then you just laid it down in two tracks. You did the music, and then you played it back through a monitor and laid down the voice. Well, let's talk about that great day when you walked into the restaurant,
0: Ferraro's, and you did that. And that kind of became a whole other thing. You worked with Paul.
1: How did the group come together, the Vegas Goodfellas, which are a fun group? Well, Paul and I uh, accepted a gig at a place called Lucio's. And uh, we started doing a Friday night jam session. And it was kind of interesting. Norm Clark here in town on the day of our first show, and we weren't accomplished at all. You know, it was just a put-together band for that night, see how it went. We had a core band, and then we'd have people sit in. And uh, after seeing it, Norm put it in the review journal that it's a must-see, that you should come and see these guys. And, but it gave us an opportunity that each night, each Friday night that we did it, there may be a different bass player. There may be a different guitar player, a different horn player. But it gave Paul and I an opportunity to observe all of the talent around town. And that's how we ended up with the band. That was approximately eight years ago. Uh, it was in a February, so I think it was probably eight years this month. Yeah, wow. And that, yeah, it is cool, because in this type of town, you can find such great
0: talent, right, if you're just patient. Everybody comes through here, or a lot of them
1: yeah. do. And a big deal with Norm was, uh, when he put it in the paper, I showed up for the gig that night, and they had stanchions with red carpet. The place was full. David Brenner, the late, great comic, was really one of the guys that really encouraged you. He thought that uh, this group was really something. He came into Ferraro several times. Excuse me. Uh, He'd sit up in the back. It was so probably not to draw a lot of attention, but uh, he always made it a point to come down and put a $100 bill in the tip jar. The last time we saw him, he came down, he put $100 in the tip jar, and he said, you know, you guys bring back the feel of old Las Vegas. We were doing a lot of Franks and Otter Dean Martin material. And he said, we were dressed in black suits, red uh, tie, white shirt, and he said, and besides that, you guys look like a couple of Vegas Goodfellas, and thus the name. Well, let's talk
0: about the, some of the music you play, because you said, like, Sinatra, I know, Bobby and that kind of stuff. But you also do that rock and roll that you grew up with and you love, right? Like the Beatles and Absolutely. such? And it, is that always a hit? And, I mean, what's your favorites on that? What are the things that you really enjoy doing that, when people come to see you, are going to look forward to?
1: Our band is a little different. We, we bring back the idea of the old Vegas show bands. And so they're parodies. We don't try to be anybody, but we might throw on the hats or a scarf or do Mick Jagger get up or whatever. And it gets a crowd involved and we get down and, you know, uh, get involved with them. And the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, Joe Cocker, Tom Jones, you know, we we cover all of it. All different types of music, but all music that people
0: really enjoy too. I mean, you know, Nobody would confuse Tom Jones necessarily with the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, but he was a, a heck of a musician, especially
1: in those early days. They were all, all those guys were guests on his show. They were, and uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, when Tom Jones played Caesars Palace, was the highest paid entertainer in Las Vegas. No, I
0: didn't realize it. I know there was always that thing where some of the ladies in the audience would go a little crazy and throw
1: up hotel keys
0: and <laughs> <laughs> what have you, which uh, he used to just laugh at. But uh, I've seen him
1: several times in concert, and the guy's voice is just amazing. So you've been around here a lot, and you like to look for these type of things. Any of the newcomers that are out here that people like that, you boy, I, you're going to go out and see when they come in town? Oh there's some good shows in town right now. the Bronx Wanderers, I understand are outstanding uh Serpentine Fire There's some really good bands in Las Vegas. You just have to monitor and find them yeah, well, I guess again, a lot
0: of musicians uh love it here now you've been here, you said twenty years, that right? Yes,
1: you like living here I mean it seems like it really agrees with you. We like Las Vegas. We sold a business in Utah uh, about twenty years ago and decided we'd. We were looking for a warmer climate, so we came to, uh, to Las Vegas. friend that was involved in the business came to Las Vegas. And uh, our original plan was only to stay maybe for a few years, but we yeah. fell in love and stayed. Well, that's
0: terrific. We're glad you did. Now, people can see you at the Rampart, but you don't just play the Rampart, right? You play other places around town, too. Yeah,
1: we we have a home base that's Siena Tortoria. We're there every Thursday. And we've been there for six years. Uh, it's fairly short. The hours are fairly short, but it keeps, it keeps the activity alive. And then from that, the rampart, the corporate gigs. Uh, I uh, got to work years ago on a Toys for Tots show that was at the Westgate. And what an honor to perform in the same place that Elvis performed.
0: No question about it. You know, we always talk about that's a great event. We're, we've been talking about it for the last few years. We really enjoy it. If people want to see you, they can certainly always see you, regardless of what the schedule is. On Thursdays, then where is that and Cien- what time?
1: Siena Trattoria. Uh, we start at 8 o'clock. We end at 10. Uh, kind of in- interesting. We take one short break in the middle, and the whole night is music for that three hours. So oh, that's great. And the, and the 9500 yeah. 9, West Sahara. Oh, perfect. Okay, not too far from uh, the Strip, right? And
0: uh, certainly worth looking at. Kent, thanks a lot. And if people want to find out more about you, uh, what's your
1: website? com. We will
0: check that out, and we will check you out around town as well. Thanks for being with us, Kent. Really appreciate it. You're very
1: welcome.
0: Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Or more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. Come on, let's go to Vegas. Support Vegas Never Sleeps on Patreon. For exclusive ad-free content, prizes, drawings, and fun, starting at just five bucks, go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Pack your bags and get ready, because you're going to Vegas. Go to patreon.com
1: slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Come on, let's go to Vegas.